I would 100% raise my children vegan. I don't know how anyone can argue that. I mean, I do understand how they can from their perspective, but knowing everything that I know to this day, I would never, ever feed my children animal products because I feel like that is such a huge choice to make for a child to feed them something that is causing cruelty and involve them in something so evil from a young age. I would never do that. I know it's not going to help, help them in terms of health. I know it's not nutritionally beneficial. And I know that it's wrong. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the PBN Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Lockie. On this week's episode, we have the inspirational Lucy Watson. Lucy is best known for her appearance on the popular reality TV show Made in Chelsea. Lucy has published two cookbooks and is also the proud owner of a vegan restaurant, Tell Your Friends, that she opened with her sister here in London. She's created a delicious range of vegan ready meals, now available in supermarkets across the UK. Lucy and I had a lively discussion about veganism, ethical and fast fashion, and of course her recent appearance on morning television, where she had a rather interesting debate with a farmer about a UK supermarket TV ad. I really hope if you enjoy this episode please don't forget to comment and review this podcast it really helps us get the message out welcome to the podcast thank you so much for thank joining you us for having me i'm so excited yeah, it's a pleasure to finally uh, meet you and yes. talk to you so uh before we dive into everything you're doing now with your life and all yeah. the cool things that you've been involved in uh let's go back in time and talk about your vegan journey okay plant-based food and the way you live your lifestyle now yeah and tell us where it all began because you, you grew up on a farm right i did yeah. i did i actually wasn't born there I moved there when I was about five or six but yeah I spent a lot of my life there my my dad actually still lives there so I still go there a lot um, and it is still a working farm and yeah I guess that's kind of where it all began because I think I already formed a bond with the animals that were like the ones that we kept in our homes so like the cats and dogs and everything and then I think when we moved there I was so excited to be around the animals like our dogs I think we even had budgies and things like that. And then by the time we moved to the farm, I think I was so excited because I thought it was like, oh, we're going to be around more animals and how exciting, more friends kind of thing. And then it took me a while to actually realise that a lot of the animals were being raised for food. I thought they were just there because that's where they lived, I guess, as a child. You kind of just think... Do you remember the moment when you realised? There was no like significant moment. I think there were lots of little moments that made me realise... I think some of the main ones that I think about are when the lorries would come and pick up the animals, like huge lorries with like little slits mm. that you can see their eyes so through. So it was a fully farming, a fully working animal yeah. farm. Okay. Animal farm. So we had we had pigs, cows, sheep, and chickens. Mm. So we had everything. Mm-hmm. It would be the day when all the animals would be taken off, especially the sheep. I think they were the most regular. I think like the lambs. And all the lambs would be herded onto the lorries and the mums would be crying. You could hear them from the Mm. fields crying and like trying to jump over the fences. And then you'd look in the lorries and there would just be like all these, and they'd be crammed together. Like they couldn't even move. And you could just see these terrified eyes through the slits. And I think I would still didn't really know where they were going, but I knew they were going somewhere not great. Mm. And then I think it was one day because we had a, we had one of the lambs as a pet because it got rejected from its mum. So mm. we raised it in our home and we said we didn't want her to go with the other lambs um, when they got picked up. And when we came home from school one day, she was gone. Um, she was called Maisie. And I think that was quite a big moment for me because I think, we realised that she was dead, mm. gone, gone. Did to anyone be explain to you what had happened? No, right. no, no one explained. Um, I think there was a lot of sugar coating, mm. and I think there still is to, to this day with mm. kids. I think it's so, you know, no one wants to actually really be brutally honest about what's going on, unless you are maybe vegan and you, or maybe you are on a farming background and you want to just be honest from the beginning and say it how it is. But I think it's quite rare, and I think. I put two and two together and then I asked a lot of questions and my mum did say actually yeah the the animals that you are that are on your plate are the same ones that you see in the fields mm. and that's when I was just like no I don't want to I had no idea about how they got killed mm. the processes involved I just knew that they wanted to live and I just knew that they didn't deserve to die mm. and I was just like why would I want to eat them mm. at what age six six and did yeah. you and then were your how were your family about that because obviously you were on I think farm. they were quite concerned. I think my dad always struggled because, not struggled, but I think he knew I was a very strong-minded child mm-hmm. from like the get-go anyway. And I think he knew that like I was stubborn um, and he knew there was no way he was going to change my mind. 
But I think they were worried because they thought that you had to eat animals to be healthy mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. So I think they were worried more about my health. And then I think as well at school, because I was one of like, I think out of the whole school, was, there was two of us. And the girl that was, and I got put on a separate table as well to all the other kids, the vegetarian table. And I would that? sit there because that's where they, how they knew to feed only vegetarian oh, food. And there was one other girl, but she was about 11 mm-hmm. and I was six. So that was different. And I didn't really think about that until recently, how, how strange that was. But yeah, that's, they probably were concerned about me being segregated from, yeah. the, from the rest of the school. Um, but I, I used to, you know, I used to go around telling kids, getting them on my side. I recruited quite a few vegetarians yeah. over my time. But yeah, I think after a while they just thought, yeah, she's going to do it. And actually it's quite sweet. So. And they didn't fight you on it. They, they let you eat whatever you wanted to eat. I think they did for a little bit, but you can't literally force a child to put food in their mouth mm. that they don't want to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just maybe just avoid it on my plate if it was there. And then eventually just stop putting it on my plate. Being in that situation, have you got any advice, A, for parents whose children yeah. are uh, expressing these these desires and for children who live with parents who yeah. refuse to let them be vegetarian? Yeah, I, I do. I think if you have children and your children do strike up a bond with animals, um, I think it is really important to educate them mm-hmm. if they are eating animals so they can put two and two together because I think it is, it's actually wrong mm. to um, encourage a bond with animals like most most parents do and then feed them mm. them for lunch. It's just, that doesn't work in any other scenario in life. Mm. It just doesn't, it doesn't mm. fit with anything. You cannot take the analogy and put it into any other situation and make it, and make it sound normal. Mm. So, I think have to educate your children and if they decide and they they do get upset that's fine mm. that's good that actually means they are a good person they mm. don't want to hurt, hurt other beings that's mm. a good thing and that should be supported and you know just educate yourself what can you feed your child it's not that hard now like it's the easiest thing ever actually to access like vegan vegetarian meals um so don't be afraid of that see it as like a good thing also, do you really want to put, you know, harmful products into your child at such a young age? If you are a child and or, or an under 18 or whatever and you're living at home and you want to not eat animals anymore, I know that's so hard. And I don't actually know how, how kids deal with that. I don't, I'd be interested to know what you think about that because if you're not actually buying the food, what are you, what are you supposed to do? Well, we have actually had a lot of children, yeah. young kids, sort of, you know, 11 until 16, yeah. right, right into us on Instagram yeah. and say, my parents I, are, I for, are, force, well. are forcing me to eat animals. Yeah. I don't want to do it. What do I do? Yeah. I mean, really... you could do what I did and avoid it on your mm-hmm. plate mm-hmm. and just eat everything else because I'm guessing it's not just meat that's on your plate. I'm guessing there's other things like vegetables, mm-hmm. carbohydrates maybe try and educate your parents um that is what i say to people i say you know try and show them films show them documentaries yeah take give them articles from the british dietetic association yeah the american dietetic association that says a well-planned vegan diet is suitable for people of all ages yeah the science is there but it's really challenging because i think some parents are quite stubborn when it comes to this stuff but they are the the, the crux of it is they're afraid for the children's health aren't they really i guess and i think a lot of it comes over from being defensive as well because having your child say to you something that you've done your whole life I don't want to do because I think it's wrong mm. I think children can think how dare you uh, mothers and parents can yeah. think how dare you think say that I'm, yeah. I'm your parent yeah, you have to do what I better. say and actually it's not the case maybe also taking up a passion for cooking mm. from a young age could be a good way of, of um, not only sort of you know cooking for yourself but also cooking for your family mm. i used to cook from a young age mm. and being able to cook for your family is a lovely thing and you can show them through food mm. how amazing it can be and also get a little summer job where you can have yeah. some savings where you could probably buy your yeah. own food and show your family how serious you are mm-hmm. about making this change and getting animals out of your diet yeah exactly so you were vegetarian how did you end up vegan where how long did so actually no i need to correct myself yeah. i was pescatarian i okay. did eat fish yeah yeah I never saw fish as animals for yeah. like a really long time. Yeah. Um, I actually, Which is pretty normal. Yeah, I yeah. really just didn't think that they like even had brains or like anything like that yeah. or feelings or anything like that. And I think it was um, just over time that I started to realize that they do. It was actually shellfish first. that I was like, oh my God, they look so terrified in those tanks mm-hmm. and I don't want to be eating them. Like this, this is horrible. They're just sitting there on display mm-hmm. waiting to be killed. And then I just was like, okay, actually, they're all the same. 
I went to being vegan because a friend of mine who had eaten meat her whole life went vegan. And I was like, what? Because to me, being vegan was such a step. It was actually really extreme. And I, wow. and I used to kind of laugh mm-hmm. at vegans. Mm-hmm. As someone that loves animals, have done my whole life and always thought I was like, I guess on the moral high ground of being vegetarian, mm-hmm. a vegan to me was like, a crazy person mm-hmm. and when my friend said that she was going vegan I was like what you you love me and all these things and she's like yeah but it's so bad what we're doing and it really like shocked me and I was like but eggs and dairy are not cruel this is, has to happen like for them to like live like mm-hmm. they have to have milk and they have to have eggs like we're not just we're just like we're not doing anything harmful I think I actually watched Cowspiracy first and it triggered something in me because I had a dream that night about being a mother cow and having mm-hmm. a baby mm-hmm. and having to get and having that baby taken away and I guess my whole life I'd never realized that cows have to have babies mm-hmm. to have milk mm-hmm. I think people still don't mm-hmm. and people think cows are going to explode if they're yeah not, um, yeah milk. I was like the cow has to be milked for them to live like obviously but yeah I think when I woke up that next morning I researched it and I was like oh my god like millions of calves are killed yeah. for milk mm-hmm. and this was totally not something that I knew I don't how are we not taught this as well? I don't know. Maybe that just, I just went under the radio, radar with it. But mm. as soon as I realized that, I wanted to stick to my morals of not harming animals mm. for my own pleasure. And I immediately went vegan. How did you feel at the time when you kind of discovered this new information? Did you feel angry, upset? How did you feel? I felt really um, guilty. Mm. I was like, oh my God, how have I not known this for my whole life? Because I was about 23, I think, when I made the change. I was like, how have I not known this? How could I be so stupid? I was angry at myself. Also, I was angry at just the world. Not anyone in particular. I was just angry at the world for hiding these secrets from us mm-hmm. and not making it obvious enough for us to make informed choices. And then I just thought, okay, that's fine. Fresh start. And now if there's a bit of information that I question, instead of just being like, no, that can't be true, Mm. I'm actually going to research it myself and find out for Mm. myself. Mm. Uh, And over the years, I found out so much, not just for food, obviously for clothing and, you know, furniture and Mm. just everything. Mm -hmm. And it's been a real sort of road to discovery. Mm. It's quite something, isn't it? Yeah. How do you stay positive and motivated when there's so many people out there who just don't get it and don't want to listen to us? They feel like we're crazy. Well, like you said, we're crazy. Yeah extreme yeah I guess it's actually those people Mm. that keep me motivated because until everyone knows Mm. I will not be satisfied and I will not stop because I I don't get angry at those people I I feel sorry for them because I feel like they're also being tricked like we were and I also think you know they just are so much more in the dark than me I grew up on a farm and I still didn't know Mm. (laughs) all of the all the facts I actually grew up on a farm there are people, majority of people don't, majority of people don't have that close contact with those kind of animals anyway. So I just think, okay, I've got, it just makes me want to try harder. Also for the animals, because they cannot talk, they can't speak for themselves. They're just getting killed every single day for doing literally nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And they're just like mm-hmm. complete victims. And I just think I have to do something. This can't keep happening. These animals' lives can't keep amounting to nothing. Just because it's not for survival you know no it's not we we don't live in the dark in the uh cave times primordial times um a lot of people say oh but cavemen ate meat and apparently that's not actually that true apparently it was really rare when they ate meat i mean most most uh, ancient humans lived on a diet predominantly of plants and a very small amount of meat because they couldn't hunt yeah and they didn't have the tools no and so it's only in recent times have we live this opulent lifestyle where meat yeah. is on the plate three times a day, seven days a week. And that's purely because it makes money. Yeah, and it's gluttony and it's yeah. luxury and it's taste. Yeah. And is an animal's life really worth exactly. that little? But you know what's, what I do find tricky is that not everyone gives a shit no. about the animals. No, and that is where you have to kind of cater your argument to whoever you're talking to because unfortunately there will be people that just like, zone out Mm, when it comes to animals and it's not just with animals it's also with people Mm. people don't always people buy into industries that are harmful to people because unless it's happening right in front of their eyes they're not going to care and that doesn't mean that people don't care about animals because they do i know majority people Mm. do and majority people are against animal cruelty 
but it's just actually doing something about it. It's there's not enough of a push. Mm -hmm. But when people realise that this is not only harming the animals, but also the environment that we all live on and ourselves, I think, and also the fact that you can eat animals basically that aren't made out of animals. Do you know what I mean? You can eat stuff that tastes just like them, mm -hmm. that has more nutritional benefits. There's no, there's you can't argue with that. Mm -hmm. Speaking of nutritional benefits, yeah. Would you raise your children vegan and why? Yes, 100%. I would 100% raise my children vegan. I don't know how anyone can argue that. I mean, I do understand how they can from their perspective. But knowing everything that I know to this day, I would never, ever feed my children animal products because I feel like that is such a huge choice to make for a child to feed them something that is causing cruelty and involve them in something so evil from a young age. I would never do that. I know it's not gonna help help them in terms of health. I know it's not nutritionally beneficial. And I know that it's wrong. So I will raise my children with those ethics and with that food, and they'll probably be way healthier than I was when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. If they then decide that for whatever reason, one day that they know everything and they still wanna do it, which I really don't see how that could happen, but maybe it can, mm -hmm. so long as I impart that knowledge onto them in the best way I know how, I guess I would hope that they wouldn't. Mm -hmm. But you just don't know. Maybe they have a little streak in them where they want to cause some rebel, harm. Rebel, rebel, just happened. You we, just don't know. We, we know several people yeah. who were born vegan and, and vegan up until they were 18 and then have rebelled um, and, yeah. gone, and gone and started to eat animals yeah. um, and animal products. Also, you don't know who they're going to make friends with. You don't know what those people are going to say. Mm. You know, it's just so hard. You can only do the best that you mm. can. But I think it's so much more of a decision and a choice-making situation for a child to make them eat animals when they don't have to than to not. Mm -hmm. That should be the choice, mm. whether or not you want to. You should start with the basics yeah. and the best diet possible that is giving you all that nutrition and is probably in line with your morals as a kid and then if you want to change that up as you get older you can but yeah i don't think you should start with with feeding them animals that's just my personal opinion but yeah so um in the coming in the recent weeks tesco's which is a british supermarket yes. had a tv ad which featured a little girl saying to her daddy daddy i don't want to eat animals yes. anymore he then goes on to talk about he loves how he loves meat but he loves his little girl more yeah um he then prepares her this beautiful sausage casserole featuring yeah. tesco's new vegan sausages yes now it's a beautiful ad um, i'm sure you'll agree love it everyone loves it except the national farmers union yeah. and uh a lot of very angry people do you want to comment on what you feel about this ad and, and the, when the, i saw the ad I was so happy. I actually think I found myself smiling at the TV. I was like, oh, that's so cute. And it, it felt nostalgic for me because I was like, I was literally her. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, how nice would it have been if my dad had turned around and said, I, I love my little girl more and I'm gonna, I'm gonna start cooking all vegetarian meals. And I thought it was such a lovely moment. And I thought, oh my God, this is change. Change is happening right now. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna continuously be fed these false adverts, this misleading, trail of the industries that we buy into that is completely evil and like making it look like it's actually the happiest time the animals are all happy they're living the, their best lives you know almost like they want to be killed for you to eat them kind of thing I was like this is a new age and this is just the beginning of something really really incredible mm. and I thought okay wow I didn't actually think that people would be annoyed by it mm. I didn't know how they could mind, no I didn't think anyone would be annoyed. It has been described by some as propaganda, vegan propaganda, pushing oh a narrative gosh. onto children and uh, endangering <laughs> the lives and health of young children. Oh my God, I didn't will, know that. It will encourage them to remove important food groups really? from their diet. This is the National Farmers Union. This is the media. This is Janet Street Porter. Wow. Um, I think that people will look back on this in years to come and they will look back at how they handled these kind of situations and they think they'll feel ashamed mm. because one day we will all realize that what we're doing is wrong mm. with with these animals and of course the farmers union if you think about it of course they're going to get annoyed this is their money mm. you know it's been hidden from people for all these years that meat is animals mm. and it's finally being said the truth is being told mm to millions of viewers and children as well. You know, these are aired at times when children can be watching TV, which I think is absolutely amazing because I really do genuinely feel 
that if you start from scratch with a human being, they don't want to cause harm. Majority, like 99% of kids wouldn't want to mm. cause harm. No. And by watching that, I know people that still hide the fact that meat is animals mm. from their kids. And they say, oh, shh, please don't say that around them. You know, please don't. They'd turn that advert off if it came on, mm. you know? Why do you think adults or parents hide this truth from their children? Because it was hidden from them and they didn't believe that's the right way to behave and they mm. think that's the right way to raise someone and they think that they don't actually want someone to come in the way of their lives and how they live their lives and how what they eat because people are so selfish. They just want to continue and they're lazy. Mm. So they want to continue doing what they enjoy, which is eating meat. They don't want to think about it. It's the same with smoking, mm. you know? I'm sure if an advert came on about smoking of a little girl saying to a dad, Daddy, I don't want you to smoke cigarettes anymore everyone would say oh how sweet she actually really cares about her dad and mm. you know that's really lovely and there would be no uproar but if that happened you know 50 years ago mm. there would be an uproar mm -hmm. how dare she mm. how dare that girl say that he can't smoke doctors say smoking is good for you yeah okay. smoking is good for you we all do it and we all love it mm. but now because everyone knows the truth that wouldn't be as seen as con as controversial dr gregor michael gregor said it took six thousand studies Really? to finally get the American government to stand up and say smoking kills, it causes cancer. Really? So, like, to your point that people just don't want to listen because they're lazy or they're stubborn. Yeah. You know, it's that and everything else. And unfortunately, it will take, for the vast majority, it will take governments standing up mm. and, and um, addressing this mm. for majority of people to actually take notice. Mm, absolutely. Which is, I think it's around the corner, so. So have you seen the game changes yet? I have seen The Game Changers. And what did you think of it? I loved it so much. It's my favourite out of all the documentaries that there are. I think they're all amazing in their own way. But I think the, the amazing thing about The Game Changers, and it's not that I'm like an athlete and that I really want, you know, to know how to best perform in my sport. It, it was literally just the way it was filmed, the cast. Mm. I liked the fact that we went on a journey mm -hmm. with the, um, I guess, was he the director or the yeah. creator? The, the creator of yeah. the film. Yeah, the we went on a, on a journey with him uh, of discovery and there was evidence before you. Like a lot of the films that we watch, and I think this is a lot of backlash that we get as vegans, is mm. that a lot of the films will talk about information, but they don't show the studies. Mm -hmm. So you don't actually see the facts. But when you're watching a study happen before your eyes and you're on that experience with someone, it's it's incredible how how that can really hit home. Mm. It wasn't pushy. It was literally just telling the truth mm. and in a really great way. So yeah, I love it. I want everyone to watch it. I think everyone should watch it. Did you watch it with your fella? I did. Because he's he's not vegan yet, right? Um, it's so weird because some days he'll be like, I'm vegan, and some, <laughs> and some days he'll be like, I'm not vegan, Lucy. Okay, <laughs> but it's so it's really hard. But he is like ninety nine percent vegan. Yeah. I think it's just unfortunately yeah. i'm dealing with someone that is like the most stubborn person mm -hmm. in the world mm -hmm. who is the fussiest eater mm -hmm. and that's all it comes down to mm -hmm. is that we're, when we're out and about and if he if he is left with an option of you can have a salad mm -hmm. for, he won't be able to eat because he hates salad mm -hmm. then he would be like i'd rather eat something than not eat at all mm -hmm. because i'm so stubborn and i won't try mm -hmm. salad <laughs> but yeah so it just comes down to that but that's really rare mm -hmm. um and also, like, he's just been in China and, like, he was doing a trek and he was like, oh, my God, it was impossible for me mm. to eat vegan out there. But unless I ate something I really just got despised. Mm. He's not as passionate about it as I am. Mm. And I think that if people could do what he's doing around the world, which is majority of the time you're vegan and then occasionally maybe you eat fish or maybe you eat dairy or whatever on the odd occasion... Mm. I think the world would be a much better place and I can't diss well, him for it. He'd be a lot less suffering, that's for sure. Exactly. So, but did he watch the film with you? Yeah. And what did he think of all the bro, the kind of, I was going to say bro science, but it's not bro science. It's the actual science mm -hmm. that backs up. It's mind, mind blown. Mind blown. Right, good to hear. I think he's been telling all his friends right. at the gym and I think he now realizes like before he has a football game or whatever, mm -hmm. not that he's a professional footballer, but he loves playing football, like he'll eat a plant-based meal. Like Maybe. he's not going to be thinking to himself, because, like, normally when he'd try and get into the gym and try and get in shape, he'd be like, I need to start eating. I need meat. to, well, not meat, because he yeah. hasn't eaten meat for years, right. but I need to start eating protein. protein and I can only get it from, like, fish or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think now he's like, okay, I don't actually need to do that at all. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that. It's so good that, mm -hmm. that people will know this now. And it leads me on to the next question, which is, um, what do you think of reducitarianism and flexitarianism? And is it a positive step? Um, 
because it does yeah. move on to that attitude, yeah. right? I totally think it depends on how someone is handling it. I think if someone is saying I'm a flexitarian as a excuse to continue eating what they're eating, which mm. is a lot of animal products day to day, and they have like the odd vegan meal here and or here or there, mm. I think it's a shame because I think they're using it as a scapegoat mm-hmm. rather than actually trying. And I think that the majority of people, unfortunately, in the world, and this is the problem that we have, are not trying. They're not being active enough. If more people could actually try to make a difference or try to make a change to their diet, the whole flexitarian thing would work Mm. because it would reduce the suffering and it would, you know, reduce demand, etc. And it just means an abundance of vegan products are going to start coming out. Mm. Supermarkets are going to change. It would encourage the change. And it's it's really not asking anyone to make any sacrifices. No, it doesn't. To have like maybe like half your week is vegan, half your week isn't. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. going to be a huge sacrifice. I just I don't appreciate it when someone will say to me, "Well, I'm a flexitarian," and actually they're not. They're just they just eat everything all the time. They have the odd vegan meal, like by mistake, you know. Mm-hmm. But there isn't you're... a clear definition of flexitarianism. Yeah. Saying, but if I was to give it one, I think it's people who are actively working to reduce their animal product okay. consumption over time. But, but, but that isn't the actual but definition. But it's not clear. There yeah. is no definition. So I so. guess that's why it, it gets lost. Mm. But if it makes it easier for people to try and encourage vegan meals into their diet, mm. instead of having to say, I'm going plant-based three days a week, mm. then great. Because there isn't a, the thing is, moving on to what we're talking about, the movement, yeah. being a part of this movement of people. Um, there isn't a movement behind vegetarianism. Vegetarianism. No, no, there isn't a there movement isn't right behind yeah. flexitarianism. Yeah. That's just what people do. Yeah. Uh, and as individuals, they make choices around food. Yeah. Whereas the vegan movement is this, this social movement. Uh, some say one of the biggest in the world, yeah. the fastest growing in the world. Mm-hmm. It's full of all kinds of people: black, mm-hmm. white, Indian, mm-hmm. Chinese, thin, uh, big. You know, yeah. like there's all sorts of different people. Yeah. And everyone is on the. There's people on the left of politics and people on the right yeah um and then we all come together around the the, the table yeah uh, of a philosophy which says we don't need to use animals in any way shape or form in our lives mm-hmm. because we just don't need to but it has a bit of an identity problem um it has a, yeah. a reputation we're painted by the media as it does extremists and uh crazies well what, what do you think is the biggest thing holding back the growth of the movement and stopping people joining us um i think it must be a mindset mm-hmm. um narrow-minded maybe miseducated there's there's not one core reason i think it's just that as we are a minority right now a lot of people will always want to be the majority sure. whether it's your um diet mm. or your fashion mm. or maybe it's your sexual preferences like mm. no matter what it is for some reason majority of us are sheep mm. and we want to well well, not sheep, but you know what I mean. We move in a flock, yeah. and we want to be like everyone else. I think that is what it is. It's standing out from a crowd and making a stand that people it needs a certain amount of passion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. why you and I maybe are, are vegan right now is because of that. But the more it's normalised, and the more that people talk about it, and the more that celebrities come out talking about it, because that is you know they're huge mm. icons for millions of people around the world. So if they're saying, and there's you know Beyonce saying I'm I'm vegan or whatever. All Beyonce's fans are going to be like, I want to be like Beyonce, mm-hmm. so I want to go vegan. Mm-hmm. It's happening, but is there much more we can do than that we're not already doing? Mm. No, there isn't, because people have their own free will. Mm. Speaking of celebrity, obviously being a public eye yourself and being on TV and, yeah. and various, various shows, which we'll chat about in a bit, do you feel a pressure at all, uh, being a kind of advocate for be- the vegan community, but also being not so public? Yeah, yeah, it's weird, because I didn't obviously start um in the public eye as a vegan yeah i started just being on tv and and whatever as a reality tv person mm-hmm. so and then i've i've turned into a vegan mm-hmm. <laughs> i've grown into a vegan mm-hmm. so it's like all the people that follow me not all of them care no. about veganism actually probably majority of them don't which is a good thing it is right. a good thing 
And it's a weird one because I'd say it's at the hindrance of my following mm. because I'd say the people that read don't want to know. They just they just stop following me because mm. I can't help myself from talking about it. Mm. And now that I know everything that I know and I have that platform, I think I'd be doing the movement an injustice if I was to just sit back and not talk about it at all. Mm. And I know that a lot of people out there, and I don't, I don't blame them, but I know a lot of people out there that have a huge following or are in the public eye. They don't want to talk about it because they know they'll get backlash mm. or they'll get people saying, I don't want to follow you or whatever it is. But if I lose all my followers and I've I've made, you know, 20 people go vegan, mm. it's honestly worth it to me because I know that I'm doing something good mm-hmm. and I'm trying to help, you know, animals, the world, whatever. So it is a weird one. Um, but I think I'm also gaining followers, you know, I'm gaining mm. people that, that are interested in what I'm talking about and that are passionate about it. Mm. And I love receiving messages from people saying, I've followed you since Maine Chelsea or whatever, and I've never cared about veganism, but mm. just seeing your posts over over time, I've, I've actually managed to make the change. That for me is like the best message I can receive. Because mm. that's what social media should be about. Really. It's about connecting with people that really care about yeah. the things that you care about. That don't yeah. just follow you just for superficial reasons. Exactly. You know, it's nice if that was true, but it's not. But it is an opportunity to influence people in a positive way. 100%. Um, Lewis Hamilton, who's a Formula One race mm-hmm. car driver, mm-hmm. has recently expressed on social media how he feels disillusioned by the world because... I saw that. You know, he, he has a job which is kind of... It's not the most environmentally friendly job. But it's a superficial in a way job, yeah. yeah. And he's awakening But to, so do I. I do yeah. a lot of superficial yeah. things. I think we all have a superficial element yeah. to ourselves. But I know what you're saying, that he's yeah. he's trying to... But do you feel that difference. in yourself as well? Do you feel this tension between these two worlds where you want to go out and talk, speak to um, someone? I've got to a point now where I feel like the animal advocate side of me is overtaking everything else. Okay. But it's been a journey over the last four mm. years. And it's it's been it has it was like a battle between the two me's like mm. the superficial me that like wants to talk about like you know fast fashion beauty all this kind of stuff and then there's the me that like really cares about animals and like wants to make a difference in the world and I feel like that that Lucy has now taken over which is amazing and I feel a little bit more relaxed about everything but mm. as Lewis is quite new to mm. being vegan mm. and he's learning stuff all the time like he's still finding out loads of information like he's not he's just at the beginning in a way I I know what he's going through and mm-hmm. it is I mean I don't because I'm not Lewis <laughs> but like you understand I understand and when I saw yeah. that message I didn't know what it was about but I knew because I was like I totally get where you're coming from like you can feel so disheartened mm-hmm. when you're trying to spread spread a good message and you have you know thousands of people responding to you with anger mm-hmm. and then you just feel like you're just like fighting a, a lost cause mm-hmm. it can feel like that and also it's really eye-opening because mm-hmm. you never really learn about the public that much you're always just talking about yourself mm-hmm. and you get people talking to you but then you don't actually know much about them mm-hmm. but when they start hating on you because you're trying to spread a good message you start to think oh, wow mm-hmm. people out there really there's some not nice people some in the world there's some people that really don't give a shit and there's some people that really are quite nasty you know i get messages from people sending you know dead animals to me being like yum yum mm. and like people that really try to do you report them and, and how do you how do you how do you deal with them i actually sometimes reply mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm best equipped to do that because <laughs> i see people like james aspie and mm. i think i'm doing it and i'm like i'm gonna be the noble one i'm gonna reply and i'm gonna try and like help them mm. <laughs> but Sometimes I get too angry, so I need to like just block them. But um, yeah, it's like it's like, do I try and reply and be like, have you ever actually tried vegan food? Have you ever actually tried alternatives? Mm. A lot of the time, they say no. I've had a few situations with with especially men actually, um, not in a sexist way, just maybe just that's they're more vocal about not wanting to do it with me. I don't know, but I've had a lot of messages from men where they've been like, meat yum yum or bacon. I can't live without bacon or whatever. And I'll be like, have you ever actually tried vegan bacon? And then they come back to me in a few weeks and say, actually, I tried it and it was really good and I'm going to try and be vegan. Wow. And that that just shows to anyone out there that has messages like that, that you think, I'm just going to block them, cut them out of my life, mm-hmm. or I just don't want to even speak to them. Mm-hmm. Maybe have a conversation mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. and see where that conversation could go because they're not expecting you to. Yeah, you They're never really know, not expecting it. You never know how people react if you no. respond with kindness or exactly. politeness. Exactly, exactly. I always say to people, when people act... Um, out of anger you know, yeah. anger is just a mask so true for either fear or confusion or something else that's very inspiring that's very true it's, it works every time yeah <laughs> <laughs>
moving on to life and fashion and yeah. makeup and, mm-hmm. and things that we use in our lives yeah. on a daily basis um yeah you know ethical and vegan fashion is very important to you do you want to talk yeah. a little bit about um why that matters to be to leave animals out of our makeup and yeah. out of our fashion so i guess <laughs> i guess when i started the vegan journey i started talking about it a lot more and it's actually the the people that follow me that really called me out on it and said, how can you, you know, be vegan and care about the animals so much, but you're driving a Bentley or you're wearing a Prada bag or, you know, your shoes are leather, like anything like that. And I started just being like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> you don't actually understand. Like, this is all a byproduct. Like, go away, you know, kind of thing. Like, just let, me, let me live my life. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And but then I was like, okay, maybe I should actually research this mm. rather than just presuming it's all byproduct. Mm-hmm. And of course, when I researched it, I found out that it was like, it's not byproduct. It's like these animals are raised for this for this purpose mm. and they're killed for this purpose. And you literally can't differentiate between the two now because there's higher demand for that as mm. there is for food. And actually, the, the dairy industry fuels the leather industry. Really? Mm. Yeah. How? Oh. Just from all the cows that are slaughtered. So when a cow is slaughtered, uh, they turned, use the leather. turned into burgers mm-hmm. after being milked for five, six years. Yeah. She, her body's then chopped up and the meat goes to factories for burgers and their skin goes off for leather. That's crazy. And I guess, but then people that don't eat dairy might think it's okay for them to wear it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that is right because you are still getting the use out of an animal Mm. that didn't deserve to die Mm. and also there are actually like some car companies have have full-on farms Mm. that are purposely for their cars wow i did not know that yeah majority of the big car companies have a farm designated for them because the the cows can't have marks and stuff on their skin Mm -hmm. and it's a huge cost for them and actually a lot of the companies because when i changed my car I was like I need to find out how I can get like non-leather and there's this like article leather and stuff like that and it's all you know it's plastic but it's not made from animals mm-hmm. they said it's actually so much better for us and the environment because we don't have to have as many cows mm-hmm. and we have to pay for as many like all this kind of stuff it's actually way more it's just way more efficient for us anyway so yeah I think when you learn about all of that you're like okay I need to stop doing that and it was again the superficial me was mm-hmm. like oh no what am I gonna do with all my like designer handbags <laughs> this is so sad but i just got rid of them and now i just don't really care about them anymore what are some of your favorite vegan makeup and vegan fashion brands um vegan makeup i i like don't even there's so many i love milk makeup elamasca has loads of vegan makeup hourglass has loads of vegan makeup shanti kai there's one called mimi makeup which is really good body shop do loads there's so many like Too faced i have so many when people say to me, I don't know what to wear, like for vegan makeup, I'm just like, have you ever been on Google? Because <laughs> it's like... <laughs> do you know that website? Let me Google that. Yeah. You. Literally, because like, if you, all you have to do is type in and yeah. all the brands come so up and they're probably brands that you already use anyway. Mm-hmm. With fashion, I'm still on a journey with it. I'm still trying to figure out what, what I'm doing because I was buying sort of vegan, well, non-animal product clothes from just like fast fashion brands. And now I'm trying to find more sustainable brands. Um, I love like Matt and Nat, I love their bags. Um, I don't even know the names because I've come across them all so recently, but I, I'm always tagging them now on my posts. Mm. Um, more sustainable, like vegan fashion brands. But if you're not ready to go that far, that's fine because you're still make, having a positive impact on the planet and on everyone if you still just avoid the animal products mm-hmm. in clothing. And all fashion brands have clothing that hasn't got. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always some kind of choice yeah just for the listeners who may not understand and know what fast fashion is yeah explain what it is and why we're trying to as a society move yeah. away from it so fast fashion is obviously um it's some of the high street cheaper brands that are producing hundreds of thousands of items of clothes every year and the turnaround is like crazy they produce really cheap um in factories around the world they don't have amazing legislation for for the humans that work there and the impact that it has on the environment is astronomical because obviously the plastic and a lot of these products are made out of um, new plastic Mm. it's not recycled it's brand new plastic um that is cheap to make and you know 
people are buying these things because they're so cheap and then they're just throwing them away and it's ending up in landfill, which is causing um, serious CO2 emissions to the environment and is destroying the environment effectively. So, yeah. Yeah, we need to move away from it. That's what I learned about, like, literally in the last year. Like, I didn't even know how bad it was mm. until, like, now. There's so many things, isn't there? The yeah. What we eat, what we buy. I'm, I'm still, just... like, you don't ever stop, I don't yeah. think, on your journey. Like, you yeah. probably learn things even to this day. Like, how long have you been vegan? Uh, six and a half years. Yeah, so you probably still even learn things to this day that you're like, oh, my God, I had no idea about that. And, like, mm. wow, that makes sense. You know, you're always learning things. We live in a very imperfect world. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to be perfect. Mm. But when you're learning stuff, all you can do is try to not do that anymore. You know, as long as you're actually trying or constantly evolving, I think that's the most positive thing that you can do. Moving on to talking about sort of TV appearances and media yeah. and all that. So we had some questions from the audience. Oh yeah. One of them was, how did you manage to stay so calm on TV and the recent- I just feel uh... like I wasn't actually that calm. <laughs> like, did I actually look calm? I you feel look very like, calm. Really? It's probably because I'm nervous. I sit there and I'm like, I don't know, it's such a huge pressure, especially when you're talking to people that you know, a biased mm. and you're like do you want to explain what the interview was okay so the interview was about the tesco ad um basically the farmers union have complained and asked for it to be removed um and the interview was on this morning and it was to speak to one of the farmers who has complained about this mm. and see their point of view and why they are so annoyed about it and it was for me saying how can you be annoyed basically when i went on there obviously i sat down and, and the farmer was just like it was just all about her and just what do you, how do you feel and you gave it, some really well placed questions because you, you, you didn't get to talk a lot but what you did so was really powerful and you asked yeah. was there anything in this ad i was, was like a lawyer or was it incorrect she went on and on a spiel about how this ad was so offensive to their industry mm. and how they could use such language as animals like how mm. dare they and then i just thought I'm not going to get much time to speak. I can tell yeah. from from the get go. Yeah. This isn't my. This isn't the floor is not mine. No. I'm just like a little guest here, and I'm going to get some few little remarks in here and there. But I'm just going to have to be really careful about what I say. And I would. I just. I just said, look, is there anything that's false in this in this advert? Mm. And and she started talking about her childhood. And she I was couldn't like, answer. I was like, can you please answer the question? Mm. And she said, um, no, nothing. And. Uh, yeah it was it was interesting but it was it's always hard doing things like that and actually sometimes I do get backlash from vegans surprisingly saying that I don't handle it well enough I'm not polite enough Mm. all this kind of thing but I I, what I say to them is try putting yourself in my position because it's not easy Mm. it's a lot of pressure there's Mm. millions of viewers and it's nerve-wracking and you're trying to think on the spot you're getting fired with questions about what we're going to do if all the animals disappear and then you're just like it's it's hard. They do ask questions to throw people. Yeah, um, that's kind of their job. Um, speaking of uh, being on the point of TV, so yeah, you're known for for being on a popular British TV show. Yeah, um, uh, Main Chelsea. Yes. What was it like being on that show? You know, do you think there were a lot of other people on there that you could potentially influence to go vegan and oh, help, you know and, and get them to join the crew? So interesting enough that I've obviously tried. Mm tried to to recruit a few a few of the people on the show i think the thing is it's tricky how am i going to say this it's a very superficial show mm-hmm. and a lot of the focus of it is money and nice things and luxury and a lot of people that i was on the show with have grown up with that around them their whole lives mm-hmm. and they associate a lot of luxury with dead, dead animals actually mm-hmm. designer makeup and handbags and fur and you know like veal Mm -hmm. just all that kind of thing like foie gras Mm -hmm. like that's so opulence it's so luxury Mm -hmm. i think think we could ever turn do you think that that interestingly enough and i will tell you this and i think he'll probably be annoyed that i've said this but jp who was on the show messaged me the other day and i don't know if this will stick and i'm just going to say that now but he did message me saying i've just watched game changers and i want to go plant-based and we've had arguments previously at length actually about um animals and animal rights and stuff and he's made it very clear he doesn't actually care Mm -hmm. about the ethical side of it um however the health side was really interesting to him Mm -hmm. and he does a lot of like activities and things like that um strenuous activities and he's always always onto a next mission of some kind that's involving like physical strength and he said I really want to do this um and that's 
one person I never thought would ever say that to me, mm. which I think is great because I think given the right piece of information, I think each one of those people on the show could potentially turn to to doing this. Mm. Um, I just don't know when that will be. Um, and Sounds like there is I did give up a little bit. <laughs> so I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of, you know, yeah, when, when they want to do it, they will, they will do yeah. it and they will come to me, I'm sure. And I'll ask advice and I'll be here ready yeah. to speak to them. About yeah, we just got to live our best lives and yeah. show them how cool, exactly. fun, sexy and gorgeous and delicious it can yeah. be to be vegan. Yeah. It's not a hippie thing anymore. It's, it's really not. It's and I think is. there's, you know, there's still this, that's, it's starting to change. The mm. conceptions are starting to change. So let's talk about food. Yes. Um, you have a very cool restaurant that you I opened. I do, yes. Called Tell Your Friends. Yes. Tell us about that and how it all came about. Um, so my sister and I decided to do it with our dad because we wanted to, We, I think personally, this is just my opinion, but I think the best way to educate people on, on vegan food and how good it is, is to feed them the food. And when people, this is the one of the main things, I'm sure you get it as well, when people eat vegan food for the first time or whatever, and they say, oh my God, I can't believe this. It's so good. What? How did I not know this? And for us, it was really just a passion project and it still is to this day. It's not a moneymaker. Mm-hmm. The restaurant industry is extremely hard mm. to be successful in. It's vir- virtually impossible actually. Um, and Why is that? Just because of the margins on the food and the stuff? Food and... margins, it's extremely competitive. Yeah. It's, I mean, look at Jamie Oliver. Like it's not, it's not like you can just, Restaurant industry, there's a lot to it, you know, whether it's the staff, the, the cooking of the food, the location, the interior design, everything. It's probably the hardest industry, one of the hardest industries to be successful in. And we never went into it being like, we really want to make loads of money from this. We just want to create amazing food and a nice atmosphere for people to come and eat with their friends. You know, whether they're a vegan and they've got six meat eating friends, and they just want to go somewhere where they're going to enjoy the food. That's really the most important thing for us. And we have had so many people over the last year be like oh I'm, I'm a meat eater and i've been to the restaurant it's my favorite restaurant or i want i love the brunch or i love wow. the, the movie mountains burger whatever yeah. it is and that's just all it is for us and obviously we love going as well so. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit convenient but yeah so recently you've obviously ex- expanded beyond cooking uh, for customers but making um vegan products yes. that are featured that yeah. are stocked in supermarkets yes how, where did you come up with the idea for that and how has how has it been so far again it was really just like showcasing how amazing vegan food can be but also a lot of the feedback that I get from people that want to go vegan is that they don't know they don't want to have to be like into cooking like I am Mm -hmm. because I cook all the time obviously I have my cookbooks and like people that love cooking that's great for them but for people that don't love cooking and they're lazy which is totally fine we have Mm -hmm. busy lives we want to just get on with our shit and we just want to like come home and chill out when we get back and we just want to put something in the microwave or whatever and we don't want to have to stay over a hot stove cooking you know time is of the essence so i get it and at the time two years ago there was really very little Mm -hmm. in terms of vegan food in restaurants in um supermarkets that was just like ready made that's the reason I came up with the concept. I also wanted to make sure there was no plastic involved because that's one of the things that I find when I'm shopping is that there's just plastic everywhere. I'm not plastic free, but I avoid it where I can and I'm trying to get better with it. And I think it's just, the supermarkets make it quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to create something that was plastic free, eco-friendly, vegan, gluten free, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of people are gluten free as well as vegan. And I know that people that have allergies and stuff make it, it makes it harder for them. It's nut free. Mm-hmm. People that are always messaging me being like, I can't eat nuts. How am I going to be vegan? And it, fair enough, it's it, it's involved in the vegan diet a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we just came up with the idea and and now we have the three um, products. We have the shepherd's pie, curry, chili. We want to do three very different comforting meals that are going to just be appealing to someone. I love the chili. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love the shepherd's pie as well, but I eat the chili like every day just because it's so good with like nachos or just like on rice or whatever. And I just have it with like hummus or like a cheesy sauce or whatever. And then we've just launched the chocolate pie and the mango cheesecake. Mm, sounds amazing. Which I will give you a little bit to try in a minute. Um, right. But they, I'm really excited for them because I'm, I'm having massive sweet tooth. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't understand how amazing sweet, delicious food can be and be vegan because obviously dairy is massively involved with like sugary foods so yeah a lot of people might be listening who've got their own vegan products yes really want to get into a big uh, mm-hmm. supermarket mm-hmm. you got any advice on the best way to do it 
it's really hard. Mm. I, even as someone that has a huge platform that thought, if I'm honest, going into it, I was like, it's going to be easy. Mm. Just get these markets, just make a few phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not. It's, you know, it, it, again, it's an extremely competitive industry. There are so, especially now, I mean, as soon as we launched the products, it seemed like every supermarket came out with their own vegan range because they see it's making money and they want to do it. Um, and, you know, the, there's just, there's so many. So you've got to basically be so focused on what you're doing and just never give up because mm. there were times when I felt like I wanted to give up, but actually we just kept pushing and pushing and, you know, don't be afraid to adjust your product. If you get feedback from numerous people that it's not what they want, that might be because it's not what they want. Mm. You've just got to listen. You've got to listen to the people mm. and if it means slightly adjusting recipe, do it, you know, it's worth doing. But I think just stick with it. Think about what you're doing. Make sure there's no one else like that out there like you. Mm. Um, do it with eco-friendly packaging because that is that is what everyone's going to start caring about in the next 10 years, five to 10 years. Like people are going to become so much more aware of it. They already are now. Um, be ahead of the game mm -hmm. with it, I mm. think. Be creative and mm. just passionate and keep going with it. Good advice. Coming to the end, um, yeah. tell us about the furry friends that you live with. My friends? <laughs> um, so I have two dogs and two cats and I live in what feels like a zoo majority of the time. I don't know. Well, my dog, I got him when I was in Maine Chelsea. I got him from Harrods, which everyone talks about to this day. It's like I can't live that down. But he was there for like five months and he was growing up in a shop and I felt so sorry for him that I did end up buying him for half price which is so awful mm. um and then i learned all about like the puppy farming industry and how awful like the breeding industry is and you know there's just so many different th forms of animal cruelty in the world it's mm -hmm. so hard to be across everything our society um, is built on top of it literally and it's and then i from then on i've just rescued animals so like marley she's rescued from wales my two cats one of them's rescued from Battersea, the other one's from greece mm. And I think I'm going to stop there with the animals because it's 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 the six of us now in in the home, and it is they do all just you think they would disperse mm. around the home, but no, they always want to be in the same room as you, and they want to be together, and it's it's lovely. I love it. Before I let you go, I always like to ask my guests this final yeah. question: mm -hmm. If you were stuck on a desert island and there was a pig, yes, obviously the pig's your friend because you're yeah, vegan, yeah, and now you could take one vegan dish, one music album, and one book. What would you take with you? Ooh, I would take, what vegan dish would I take? It'd have to be vegan mac and cheese. Um, obviously I'd give some to the pig if he wanted some, I'm sure there would be other things if he's thriving on that island. Um, what album would I take? Probably Rihanna. I love her latest album, like her from ages ago. She needs to bring out new music, let's face it, but I'm, I love her and it always makes me feel good. So Rihanna and I'd have a little sing along um and then book i mean i hate to say it but i don't really read is that really bad would it be what about an audiobook um don't listen to audiobooks okay. <laughs> um it would have to be a little book what about something nostalgic i'm trying to think of what the pig would like like what would be a nice story for the pig is charlotte's web nice that's a lovely story charlotte's web that'd be cute Sorry. lucy watson thank you for joining us on the pbn <laughs> thank podcast thank you so much thanks it's been for having an absolute me. pleasure I've been your host, Robbie Lockie, and this is the PBN Podcast. I'll be back next week with more food, fashion, animals, technology, veganism, and everything else in between. <laughs>